Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book or don't finish a book, but Juliana has finished a book. Uh, I do a review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. As I just mentioned, I'm joined by Juliana, like normal. Say hi, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And um, Juliana's like, I just finished the book. Oh, no, no, what did you say? You said, I'm going to go finish the book. Yes. And then I'm going to... And I'm going to make some notes and then I'll be we're ready to do the podcast. And I'm like, great. And you came in, you finished the book. And I was like, and I set up to do the podcast. Hmm. And then Juliana kept making notes and kept making notes. And then she get out a mind mapping app. What was it? The Freeform app on the iPad yep. with your Apple Pencil on your iPad Pro. Yep, also with the iPad mini with the book out searching, like searching through the book. And yep. then also getting the phone out. So you had your iPad Pro, iPad yep. mini and phone. You were Googling stuff on your phone, yes. looking at the notes that you'd taken in the book and then and jotting things down on the iPad Pro. Yes. It was all very impressive. It's like That's what it needed. It's like you're the, the perfect Apple customer, except if that Absolutely. iPad mini wasn't 10 years old. Yeah, and, and wasn't really capable of anything. Yeah. It's, which it's is it, why I needed the other yeah, iPad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good book reader, but if you were trying to do like switch between and do that, it oh, wouldn't no. have worked. Anyway, all of this to say is that I made a few notes. Yes. And then Juliana's made a lot more notes. So what we're going to do is we're going to structure this podcast in this way. I'm going to go through my notes. Yep because I didn't finish the book so it's just some bits and pieces some a few notes that I have and then I'm going to hand over to Juliana and she's going to do a deep dive into this mind map that she's just made in front of me with like you know was it spider diagrams is that what you call them or net no let's just not talk about it let's just talk about what, what do you have because okay. it's all part of the thing okay uh, oh your mind what's map is the, part of... what's the what's so the, the book? book is called mountain in the sea Yes. And this came across my uh, notice uh, a, a few months ago. I really enjoy the incomparable podcast mm. when they're not talking about Star Trek or TV stuff, which I, <laughs> I don't, I'm not interested in any of those. And they just go by me. They're like, here we are to review the latest season of, I don't know, Picard. And yeah. I'm like, I have not only have no interest in that, I have negative interest in, yeah, uh, I in in hearing other people talk about TV shows that I've not watched. Anyway, but they do talk about books. They have the mm. book club episodes. And in the what are you reading a few months ago, uh, it came up that what are, what are you reading? And someone said, here's, a, here's the best book about octopuses that I've read recently. The best science fiction about octopuses that I've read recently. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's The Mountain in the Sea by oh. Ray Naylor. Yeah. Came out last year. Yeah. Nominated for the Nebula Award. Award. I think they just happened. The yes, Nebula it didn't Awards. win, but it was Nebula. It was it was it was, a, it was nominated yes. for the Nebula Awards. Okay, and um, yeah, it didn't, didn't win. I didn't actually follow along what yeah. what who won and what I, who I'd have to look but... it up. But it wasn't this book. Okay. It was a book that I didn't know. Okay. Um, anyway, so they they they'd mentioned it a few times on there, saying, "Oh yeah, I'll get to that book as well," mm-hmm. and it's like highly recommended. And I'd hadn't really seen any other recommendations except Nebula Award mm-hmm. nomination mm-hmm. and someone on the Incomparable podcast mentioned it. Yes. And then it was, we were like, yeah, we're going to get to this octopus. But before we get to that octopus book, you needed to read the second book in the Children of Trilogy, Children of Time Trilogy yes. by uh, by Adrian, Adrian Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky. Yes. And and there was other books that I wanted to get to by Adrian Tchaikovsky, which I hadn't got to, but because I was, you know, we were, we were going through, we were doing this reread and stuff. So we reviewed that book recently. Yeah. And that was, we're talking about what we liked about octopus, octopuses in science fiction. All really good stuff. Yes. 
So then, it was pro- it's promising. Yeah, yeah, it was promising. It was promising. And promising. I was like, this is the be- This is the next octopus science fiction book. You know, there's been quite a few octopus science fiction books off the yeah. top of my head. Can't remember any of them, <laughs> but uh, except for these two. So it's, it's been a so theme. I was like, all right, let's do it. And this and you started reading it. And this is always what we do. Like you start reading it. And when you get to like 70%, 80%, then I'll start listening to the audiobook. Then I'll finish the audiobook and then you'll get through to the end of it. Exactly. So on my last work trip, I'm like, now, here we go. Like I was away a week ago or two weeks ago whenever I set off. Um, and I was like, right, I'm going to get to it. And I started listening to it. And I gave up about 30% of the way through. Okay. I will now go through my notes to, yep. to mention this. I, I, I did a little update of my reading progress. And the reasoning uh, why. Uh, I think I just said, this book's garbage and um, I'm not going to finish it. So I asked for Audible for my audio credit back. And they're like, yes, take it back. And then I read the next book in the KJ Parker, you know, 16 Ways to Defend a Walled City. Okay. Uh, and, I, and I got through that in like, you know, two days and I was finished <laughs> up with that. I was like, oh yeah, good well, it's writing. A, like it's, it's a very different kind of reading. Yes, a very different kind of reading experience. Yes. Because I was told that this was a book about octopuses but then i don't read the blurb no. no i don't like i was like great that's all i need i don't need anything more than that this is a highly recommended book it's an award nominated book you know the signals keep coming in that this is a book worth reading mm. seen other people mention it as well seen mm. some you know five star reviews or whatever like the rating on goodreads is 4.05 for this author and it's not like a you know a continuing series or something with only the fans this is general readership has, has got it so i was like okay won't read the blurb went into it first of all it's the, the octopuses are there yeah, and they're a major part of the book, but this isn't a science fiction book about octopus intelligences or intelligent octopuses or whatever you want to say yep. in the same way that Children of Ruin is, where you can really do a deep dive into what it's like to be an intelligent octopus. Yes. Through the eyes of the humans and also through the eyes of octopuses and also through the eyes of intelligent spiders and through the eyes of uh, artificial intelligences, yeah. you know, all it's, these different... It's not of, that. It's no. not that. This is a cyberpunk dystopian novel or certainly cyberpunk novel and I just don't like cyberpunk that much. Mm-hmm. And it's... it like. It, it is possible to have fun in a cyberpunk novel, there to be something fun in a cyberpunk novel. Yeah. But the idea of like, uh, there's artificial intelligence, people are reading our brains, but mostly or one of the big things in is that like, oh, there's massive inequality, the corporations are running everything, ecological disaster, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. I don't find it interesting that when a book is that, mm-hmm. not just that's in the background, because there's loads of books where that can be in the background. Yeah. But cyberpunk seems to revel in this in a way which I don't find enjoyable. Okay. That there's always a mysterious corporation. There's always ultra wealthy people screwing things over and just being greedy and ruining the environment and all that other kind of stuff. And I just don't like spending time with that. And I realize that, oh, we've got the main character and they go to an island or whatever. And then there's these other characters who are being screwed over by the system and there's a hacker because of course there's a hacker because there's it's a it's sort of like why is there a hacker it's like well okay they're going to come in handy because cyberpunk you don't need rules for cyberpunk you know yeah. going all the way back to those you know those proto cyberpunk novels like those really early on ones it yeah. didn't didn't really matter because the internet didn't exist like communications didn't exist yes. you know neuromancer he can just say metaverse no was it metaverse or whatever it is no it was a like whatever they they had for the no that was that's the other one that's uh, snow crash says yes. metaverse and again snow crash you can just make shit up because we b- cyberpunk was science fiction about information technology before information technology ruled the world yeah. and so now i i find cyberpunk is 
I wouldn't say it's pointless, but a lot of the ideas of cyberpunk, it, they're trying to hold on to like the those early ideas of cyberpunk, mm. the early aesthetic of cyberpunk, when the world has moved on in the the forty years since the first first wave of cyberpunk. Yeah. To the point where it's it, it's difficult. It, all that's left is the corporation screwing people over section of it, because yeah. all the rest of the tropes of cyberpunk we have now for yes. real. Yeah, if yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And well, you know, yeah. we have VR, we have the internet, we have people. You know, I, anyway. So let me go to people my notes. Carrying around personal. So that's, computers that's the all main the complaint that I had with this book is that I was told it was one thing, yeah. and it could be that it could be science fiction about octopuses, but it was cyberpunk. So I wasn't I wasn't enjoying it because I just don't find people noodling inside their own brains psychologically and being all sorry for themselves and being all wasters and like, Ugh, which is all a cyberpunk is for me. It's people going, oh, I'm not very good and been being screwed over. And people are going, ah, ha, ha, I'm evil. I'm screwing you over. Like, this is what this is my impression of cyberpunk. Yeah. but uh. Anyway, so this also turns out I'm going to just going to go through my notes in order. It turns out. I knew going straight into this book. Never heard of Ray Naylor before, yeah. but the, but some there's lots of authors who I've never heard of before, and they've written loads of novels. Sometimes I'll say, "Hey, this is someone's first novel," and mm. it isn't, and then mm. that author listens to the podcast and says, "This isn't my first novel," or whatever. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's happened before. Happened. And this time, I started reading, and again, like five percent of the way into the book, I'm like, "Wow, this is somebody's first novel," because yes. it's got all of those first new first novel new authorisms. Yeah. Um, for example, show how much the world has changed by having two people walk into a, a room, not looking at anything and then talking about how the world has changed. You know, like yeah. talk about the 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 the, the, the tell don't show. There's yeah. there yeah, is yeah, a bit yeah. of it's showing a, in here, but a lot of telling. Yes. Like but literally having just a character thinking about how the world has changed or how the world is different from how we know it. But that's not how humans work. No. Because if the world is different and they're they're living in that world, they're not always thinking about, oh, now I'm you know, yeah. it's that whole kind of thing. I don't constantly think about how how we live in our times now and how well, we did do it change bit. to the 1920s we do we do we a do, bit but, but we don't think about it as though somebody is reading our thoughts yes oh, and not casually another another straight thing and again none of these things in isolation are bad yeah but they're all of them are signs of someone who doesn't quite know how to establish someone's motivations yeah right away the dream shortcut where somebody falls asleep and has a dream yeah. and the dream reveals what is their inner motivations and stuff like that. And I'm like, really? Yeah. Chapter three, we're doing the dream shortcut. Yeah. Um, another thing that new science fiction authors ha mess up because they don't understand what science fiction is. They'll invent something, but then they only want one person to have access to it or to be unique. So they put, you know, it's the putting the tech back in the Pandora's box. Yeah. So they've actually made an intelligent self-aware Android and then suddenly like, oh, that's against the law. So now there's only one of those in the world. And we just know that technology just doesn't work that way. Yeah. Like the, the, there are no, in a, especially in a world which is run by corporations, there is no overwhelming consensus of what, what is illegal or not illegal or what should be we see that now with like ai models and europe is like uh yeah we're gonna regulate this and make people like do you know all this kind of stuff it's like and america's like gung-ho and china's like we need to catch up but we don't have any uh, ai chips or whatever it is you know yeah. there, there isn't but the whole putting tech back in a box yeah doesn't work there was the chapter eight info dump where they're like oh Okay, we've set the scene, we're setting the tone. <laughs> now let's really catch up and do something. Again, this is just a note that I made, but it's like it uh, what these are like the dream shortcut and chapter 8 info dump. Those are kind of my own like uh, ways of thinking about novels and when I'm reviewing them of like how good is an author of disguising the dream shortcut or disguising the chapter 8 info dump. Yes. Um yes. 
and uh, and then oh, and then there's this there was this stuff where they're like oh and I want to make it meaningful so I'm going to use colourful language and suddenly so it goes oh and this this octopus is like the Odysseus of the under the sea and I'm like you can't just tell me like. Like, sure, the Odyssey is great, ancient literature, spoken word. You know, I've reviewed it on here yeah, as well. Yeah. I almost started listening to that because I was looking back through my Audible purchases and I was like, hmm, the Odyssey, I really enjoy it. And I was, almost, <laughs> I was almost going back to the Odyssey as a book, yeah. you know, in that way. Of course, that's why it still exists 4,000 years later. Yes. And, but I was just like, give me a break. And then they're like, oh, in the ship where an AI is running it and everyone is, um, and everyone is kept captive on it, working without their will. And what's the ship called? the sea wolf and i'm like you can't just call the ship the sea wolf like yep. the jack london story about someone who shanghaied into being there and uh, now this w- this came up recently or i say recently in the last year or so because i reviewed the book venus by ben bover yes was it ben bover yeah and that is kind of like a, re- a science fictional retelling of the sea wolf yeah um you know it's even got we talked about that at the time but uh, but there the ship he didn't just call the ship the Sea Wolf. Like it's like you can't. And the characters in it are like Sea Wolf. Oh, isn't it weird that the ship is calling itself after a famous story about a ship where the captain takes over and and runs people's lives and is going to control it? And I was like, you can't just you can't just say, oh, remember remember Homer's Odyssey like that, but in this book. And we call it Homer's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, like, so all that kind of stuff. So that, again... Only in the first thirty percent of the book, yes. but I just made some of these notes of of, uh, um, and then there was some like weird plotting things that sort of like, oh, there's some killer octopuses around, but I'm just going to hang out on this beach for a while and just hang out. And you're like, do you remember the time when like on this beach a killer octopus killed some people? You're having conversations about it, and it's like la 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 la, la. and it's like is it, like, and I was just going, I was go- I was going a bit mad. I was sort of like, there's you know, there's going to be like the book can't end without an octopus like. In in, a, in the swimming pool of the hotel, I looked at some of the people's reviews. Yeah, there's an octopus, and I was just thinking like, there's killer octopuses around there, like la 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 la, like the the internal st- structure of what the story is. I thought this was going to be like, oh, there can be some horror elements. Horror only works if the people like acknowledge that there might be danger. If they're just oblivious, it's not horror anymore. It's just bad writing. So yes. then there's some like non chronological timeline kind of stuff. Oh yes, which just removes the drama. Um, and I, I, that's the only note. I, I can't think of an example of that, but it was. Yeah. I was like, w- w- we know where the character is now. You can't just go back in time and tell something what happened there when we already know what that leads to. The, yeah. And then I'm like... And You're talking about the person on the ship, on that slave ship. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, a bit yeah, of yeah. that kind of exactly. stuff. I was like, well, yeah. I already know how this story is going to end because they're on yes. a slave ship. And, yeah, yeah. Like, and then he was shanghaied and put onto a slave ship. And I was like, yeah. Like we know, duh. like yeah, yeah because okay. he's on a slave ship yep. now. So if you go yep. back, like, so there was no tension in about it, and I was like, so why are we having this sex scene when he goes off to pr- prostitutes and the women rub their lengths against him? And I was like, what is their what is their lengths? Like I know, like from reading sex scenes, I always think like, isn't it the man who has the length or something like well, that? Anyway, I, I was be- like, like I was like, why am I thinking about the writing of this sex scene? Because this person, like, they've never this person's never read it. This person's never written a sex scene before. Anyway, so then there's these chapter headings, and the chapter headings are extracts from a book, from different books, from different books. But one of them, by the people, yeah, by written mm. by some of the people in there. Yeah, and it's there. It's spoilers. It's it, it removes all of the interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. At one point, they're like, okay, so 
if octopuses are going to need this is the, the extract from the book if octopuses are going to need to communicate they're going to have they're going to need some symbols so the symbols is what they're going to need isn't yeah. it symbols and then like the in that chapter they're like and we've discovered guess what we've discovered we've discovered Symbols. symbols and i was like yeah because the chapters <laughs> just mentioned that as well know, and then know, they're like and octopuses you know they can even go outside of their fish tanks and they they you know there's this video of them going outside the fish tank at the aquarium and they yeah. go and eat a fish somewhere else yeah. and then bring it bring it back and they can go you know they can go on land here's one going on land it goes from a rock pool and they go on land and they walk across across on land octopuses can leave the water and go across on land uh, can't can't they they can go on land and then we have an interview with the guy going oh yeah and then an octopus and it and it didn't come from the sea. I was like, it came from the land. We know they can. And I was like, you can't tell me at the start of the chat. Like, and it's not subtle. It's yeah. really terrible. And there's all these other things where they're like, have you heard about these? There's this conversation where people, two people, like we're introducing a technology. And they're like, and now there's an AI accompaniment called a 1.5 or a 0.5 mm. or something. And I was like, and I was like, okay, so which character in this book is going to turn out to be a 0.5? And I was going to be so, and, and, I, and I was like, and again, I don't want to put too many spoilers in it. I was like, of course, one of the characters is going to turn out to be a, a 1.5 or whatever, the, the AI person that pretends to be someone that you're calling to, a, like you can have Zoom calls with them or whatever. Yeah. And they're not a real person. I was like, yeah. all right, so which character is, are we yeah. not going to meet in person and is going to be the, but I've stopped reading before we got there. Incomparable podcast. I listened to their episode about it and yeah. they, uh, and they, uh, and someone was like, yeah, and of course it was going to be. And one of them was like, oh, I didn't notice that. Like that really, when when this character was revealed to, revealed to be a 0.5, it really surprised me. And like the others are like, no, no, we all saw that coming yeah. from ages ago. And it's like, it's not that I needed to see it coming. Yeah. Like the way, the, the way that the characters talk about it, yeah. I'm like, ah, oh. so yeah. like there's only one outcome to this. Um, and then... And then I was just thinking, like, right at the start, I was like, okay, well, I just already know what's going to happen. Like, the octopuses are going to be controlling another AI, or the masked woman is going to be, you know, there was someone with a mask, and then there's some AI monks. And I was like, oh, so the AI monks are probably going to be in league with the octopuses because, like, the octopuses are... Anyway, I'm not saying anything has happened, but, like, all my brain was doing was going these are really clunky building blocks of a story here. And some of it feels really obvious. And some of it feels like there's so much promise here, but then actually the octopuses aren't going to be controlling the AI monks or something. But in my head, that's only better than what I was getting from the book. Absolutely. So much better. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, three more, three more points here. Hanging lamps, you know, the, the hanging a lamp on something. So if something doesn't make sense in a story, yeah. hanging a lamp on it means you get some of the characters themselves to, to, mention the fact that oh yeah that doesn't actually make sense ah but i'm sure it makes sense some you know yeah. uh, hanging a lamp on it means you yeah you're kind of excusing away so if the illogical stuff yeah um and there's there was suddenly a lot of that in here as well mm -hmm. like it's sort of like i'm not very good at having conversations with people and then you read these conversations and they're really weird you're like is this bad writing is it can ray naylor just not write conversations between people but then you write into the book that his characters aren't very good at social interactions mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And there's another thing where someone says, oh, I remember this one review of my, like this critical review um, that says that like some of the stuff that I say is codswallop because like half of it, is it philosophy or is it mm -hmm. science or is it neuroscience or does it fall in between the bit and it's not very good. And I'm like, you're right this is what this book is <laughs> like yeah. you're you're putting extracts of this badly reviewed book at the start of every chapter and it's garbage codswallop stuff yeah and then you just 
and then, but then that is what this book is. Like I say, this book might as well be the Codswallop Is It Philosophy book. And I was like, is that what this book is? Yeah. Is our is our author? And I was like, it's going to be. He's going to be in his, like, and I was like, ah, oh, here we go. And then I looked up about it. For nearly half his life, he has lived and worked outside the United States in the Foreign Services and Peace Corps, including his stint as Environment, Science, Technology, and Health Officer at the U.S. Consulate in Ho Chi Minh City, where this is going. And he goes, he will be, he will serve as international advisor to the Office of National Marine Sanctuaries at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. And I was like, yeah, no shit. This is this book is the book that was badly reviewed by the like the the book inside the book is now this book. And it's sort of like it's it's this big circle person we're going, I want to write a book which is codswallop like neuroscience philosophy stuff, which isn't good enough to be a book by itself, but I'll make that book a book in a book, which is a novel, and then I'll present all of that stuff and make people think that something is halfway between neuroscience and and philosophy. But even in the book, we're told that it's Codswallop. And then I'm reading it and it's Codswallop. And then I gave up on the book 30% of the way through. And um, my final note is what I liked about the um, the, the octopus intelligences. And we had this whole discussion when we we're doing Children of Ruin. Yeah. We did two podcasts about it. And in the last yeah, one, yeah. I was like, what I love about it is that the culture, it's like what happens. Like it's, we made the uh, octopuses, we bred them so they're more intelligent or put the virus in them so they're more intelligent yes. or whatever he does. Yeah. But then they follow their own path yeah. to what intelligence is. They have help because they have electronics, human electronics, and they have a, a space elevator to get them up into orbit <laughs> yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But then they're on their own and their brains. And this is sort of like an imagine. So if octopuses are going to be uh, have to be um, intelligent and have their own culture, they're going to have to, what are the steps that humans took to get there? In other words, uh, you know, symbols, uh, spoken language, Writing, written language, you know, like yeah. the communications. Yeah. Yeah. So rather, and I made this note, rather than exploring how their brains and society would work if their intelligence was just turned up to 11 and they lived longer. That's another thing in Children of Ruin because octopuses, they die after like three years or mm-hmm. something. So what if they could live 40 years, like have a full, proper life lifetime? But yeah, it's sort of like they'll need to learn to use tools and then have languages and then do symbols and stuff. And I was like, oh, so the boring way that humans have already done that we don't need to replicate. Anyway, I have now finished all of my notes. Okay. The only notes that I have are about the incomparable podcast. But we can get um, onto that when we get to the the rating. Yeah. I'm a bit disappointed now. Why? And I should have expected this because... Even if you only read 30% of a book and you have <laughs> notes, I thought you have like, ah, uh, yeah, this, this, uh, I didn't like it. Okay, here you go. Yeah. This is not what happened just now. What happened just now? There's so many, th- like, you basically... I spoiled exp- your review of yeah. it. Okay. But it doesn't matter. No. I was still going to go through with what now I had you go in my your mind about of it. this. Uh, but let me basically say... You're just better in saying everything about a book, even if you just read thirty percent of it. And Why? And just, you just fair. get it to the point, and then now I, I, the, I don't know. My review will be just really like bland. Well, you don't need to anyway, be bland about it. Tell me about your reading experience. Anyway, I, uh, I wholeheartedly agree with everything you're saying, and it's funny because at the end of the book, which you had didn't read, there's one chapter heading at mm-hmm. the end. And I don't even, uh, did you, did, was that one chapter heading where, where they already said, oh, there was this one critic who said this? Or it, did you read that? No, it, early on in the book, yeah. someone said, there, there's a conversation because, again, it's oh, cyberpunk. It was in the co- it, it, there was, okay. There's lots of stuff about, um, 
if you do a if you do a uh, a search for philosophy, you'll see the first mention of philosophy there. It'll be like chapter yeah. seven or something like that. Yeah, okay. yeah it's a, a discussion, a conversation between two people, and they say, "Hey, you wrote a book," and it was so annoying that everything that this person had already written in the book, speculatively, they just find underwater. It seems like you know what the last heading before what? before the uh, uh, acknowledgments of the authors What's are that? coming there's another heading of the from the book oh right yeah it says i will be accused of many things by those who criticize this book i will be accused especially of having tainted the sciences of neurology and biology with my own intuitions i will be accused of having created from nothing a vast speculative archaeology of a possible future in which we discover that while we are the only species homo there may be in fact another sapiens i do not apologize i want to help my readers imagine how we might speak across an almost unbridgeable gap of differences and end forever the loneliness of our species and our own loneliness. Yeah. You got to pause me because I'm I'm a little this bit is, Okay. Oh yeah, so that is that Okay, is so that is from, from uh, how oceans think. Yes. That's what I'm saying. This book is trying to be this. It's so apologetic within the book. It's it's obviously very like yeah. Rain Naylor himself is obviously very conscious of how much stuff he puts in this book. Yeah. And is already through a book that somebody has written in the book, apologizing yeah. in advance, <laughs> but saying he's not apologizing. Uh, oh, oh my God. And then in the acknowledgements, yeah. he keeps going because then he says, oh, I've done all this research and, 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 and I've read all these science Let books. me say, I know he's done all the research because yes. he lists the videos yes. that he's seen online <laughs> of octopuses. I was like, stop telling me this. Like, literally, yeah. the characters are going, hey, have you seen this video of an octopus? I was like, don't have characters yeah, yeah, discussing yeah. a video of an octopus. Show me the octopus. And, and he says, he says, oh, he's read so many books, he would literally have to put in, uh, like, uh, footnotes and a bibliography to quote all the people that he would inspire and all this. This is not, let me put this out there to future authors this is not how writing fiction works you do write you you do get inspired by the world and you might even read science books and art uh, articles and papers and whatever you can totally do all that but then you need to make your own thing you can't just then keep all and put all this info dump all the things like in this book uh it it felt like Yeah, it felt like somebody had done a lot of research and then put all this research in their book, but then didn't quote them. Yeah. This is how this feels. Well, here's the thing. Jules Verne, our last episode, Jules Verne, Journey to the Center of the Earth. Mm. Like he said that this is scientific fiction. Scientific adventures. Yeah. No, no. Well, yes, yeah, scientific adventures. The idea being that like, you know, around the world in mm. 80 days mm. is that he did a lot of reading. He would go to the libraries and do lots of reading yeah. about geography and, yeah. and, uh, uh, and you know, and culture geology. and yeah. history and stuff. <laughs> and then he would have his characters go different places yeah. to be able to talk about yes. that stuff, you know, okay. uh, you know, and it feels like that this it, it, it's like Ray Nail who has read Jules Verne's and goes, oh, that's what science fiction is. It's about it's it's fiction with scientists talking about stuff to be able to communicate. It's like, no. I really appreciate that when we did the the uh, the um uh, the, when we did the interview with Peter F Hamilton talking about the Salvation trilogy, uh, and we were like, "Where do you learn all this kind of stuff?" It's all I oh, just make it up. Well, it's not just yeah. making it up, but yeah. like there's there's people who do so much better. Like Peter yes. Watts is also an ocean like a marine biologist, and yeah. you read his books about stuff that's happening, and there's like that's super that can be like super cyberpunkish, yes. and super dystopian. His yeah. his um I don't know. 
his octopus trilogy. I don't know what it's called. Anyway, they're, yeah. they're down at the rifters there. So there's people underwater and yeah. interacting with stuff and they have body modifications. They can go outside yeah. in the water and stuff. Like he's a marine biologist, he's putting all that in, and he does info dumps. But you're like, you're like, woo, yeah, yeah. You know? But he uses that to go somewhere, and what well, happens? He's telling here, a story. Yes, exactly. And and the, I mean, I read through this book. It took me a while, and the the biggest thing that came into my head was literally this. I had to draw. Yeah. All this, I had to put it all down. Yeah. Because it is so much. And that basically comes from when you, and, and that was why when my disappointment starts, because I was what? like, yes, we need to start at reading out his biography because <laughs> all, all, right. of, all of it comes from his biography. First of all, all the places we are going, all the names that we have in this book, everything comes from a person who has visited a lot of places who has visited uh, met a lot of people and who has read a lot of things and he's putting it all into this book yeah why and, does it happen in vietnam yeah when so, all the characters might as well be americans because they all they all sound like americans yeah from the way that they it, it actually reminded me a bit of the um the uh, the wind-up girl by pa- paolo bagajikalupi yeah but he's actually a really good author. Yes, and that <laughs> and, comes and, back, yeah. and he can write about a, a you know, a, a whatever. Well, that's more steampunky, clockpunk, but it's it's pretty much cyberpunkish kind of stuff because there's stuff going on inside people's brains and all yes. that. And you write that, and you're like, this really like the culture that they're in. Yeah. He, he like revels in the culture and spends time there, yes. rather than I'm going to tell this culture by having two people leave it, go to an isolated island, go into a, a broken down hotel room, and yeah. have conversations with yes. each other. I'm like, that's not exploring and, Ho Chi Minh City and culture. This is my biggest, biggest criticism of this book is um, it's obviously, and you said it's the first first novel by uh, a person. He has obviously done other short stories and stuff and published them in... Yeah, in, loads. In, Look, here's in, his biography. A, yeah. yeah. And it's like as lots, much as lots. I often think short stories are not always satisfying to read, but in a short story, you can concentrate on one thing. Yeah. And what happens here is the opposite. And now I'm coming to the clever bit of my uh, review. What you think is clever? No. Let me just let me just get oh, sorry, on with yeah, it. Go on. Okay. Um so, you know how we have uh, read a lot about octopuses recently and how we know that <laughs> one of the book, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean it, it feels like we read a lot about octopuses. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we know by reading all this, we know that the octopus has this main brain bit. Yeah. And but then they have what eight tentacles? Yeah, eight tentacles. Octo. And, <laughs> yeah, but they have also the cephalopods. Cephal- cephalopods. Cephalopods. I don't know. Anyway, lots of tentacles, and also these tentacles have their own minds, kind of like yeah. you know they are blobbing around independently yeah. and doing their own thing, which in Adrian Tchaikovsky's novel creates a lots of fun drama because yeah. you know if you have one place that tells you something and then your feet and your arms tell you other things yeah and a... he recreates that across the society exactly. as well yeah so what i why i drew this big map of things your mind is, map my mind map is basically what ray Naylor does is his whole book is a, an octopus book it's like In a the mind sense, map <laughs> it's a mind map of he has ideas and then his all of the ideas there's so many ideas yeah. that they have their own things and then they wobble around and then yeah. they overwhelm you and the author and yeah. everybody and i put it down to four things 
themes. Yeah. People. Right. Places. Mm -hmm. And then I wrote down the parts that he divides his book into. Right. Because all of that is such a great explanation, uh, like representation of what what is wrong with his what is book. happening right now so what you're saying like each chapter he's like okay this is going to be a place chapter this is going to be what, and, what but you say it's not a place chapter but yeah. he calls it qualia 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 yes umwelt yes semiosphere yes and the fourth one is autopoesis Autopoiesis. Anyway, if you just He look, talks about that in the book. Because I remember Umwelt uh, in yes, the book. And yeah. he, of course, he talks about all of this. But then if you even like... I just said... But this is why I sat down with my phone as well. Because yeah. I had to Google these things. And then you Google them. And then it's like highly scientific expert language things you know yeah. it's it's not something that as a reader you would immediately know oh i know what autopoiesis is <laughs> you have to google it anyway. well, the thing is when it comes out with umwelt i was like i only okay, know i, I only know the what umwelt is. no no but the thing is i was like but i only know the german meaning of that but yes. then when you use that in in uh, in english like yeah, when you just use the german one i'm like umwelt like our car has the umwelt placata yeah. which is <laughs> you know yeah. like is the environment but what does yes. that mean in in psychology yes. you know anyway so he has lots of highly specialized language that he uses from his research we know that because mm -hmm. he says that anyway but it also comes down to um the people the literally his characters having names like Rustam and it's mainly because I know a Rustam who yeah. is a, a Russian origin right and uh, so we know Ray Naylor spent some time in Russia slash oh, right. Turkish, uh, <laughs> Turkmenistan uh, whatever these so, kind right. of so like puts, look okay I don't mind I, any of I that. don't mind yeah. any of that either but, and here's now the criticism why yeah. that doesn't work, is he doesn't go anywhere in depth with this. Yeah. He mentions all this. Okay. And then he also, we don't know exactly, I don't know exactly when this book is, is supposed to take pl take part take place but it's somewhere in the future next, what is it called next tuesdayism whatever and so there's a whole like this whole book is based on geopolitics that are never explained it's just said and now i'm coming to the places bit yeah. of my uh, mind map here we have a republic of istanbul we have the ho chi minh autonomous trading zone yeah 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 we have the republic of astrakhan which is feels like moscow maybe it's form of russia but we yeah. don't know how this happened it just happened and then there's the tibetan buddhist republic so we have all these geopolitics that took place somewhere in the past yeah, but it's just set dressing yes but it doesn't mean anything i know but good science fiction and even just fiction is is concentrating on a theme so much that we that we understand and th this is why I d I didn't really enjoy Red Mars that much because of it. Yeah. But this is an in-depth in <laughs> what happens with yeah, politics. Well, that's a book about politics. Exactly, yeah. but it is concentrating. It is a science fiction book, yeah. but it is not doing all of it in one yeah it's concentrating on this one issue and here we just get mentioned oh all these really big changes yeah, in geopolitics happened. But this is now how it is. Yeah. But again, none of these things any no, in isolation would in be bad. No, yeah. in isolation. But as I say, this is all the eight tentacles that hang on yeah. to the main thing. And are pulling in different directions. Same, in pulling in different directions. Then we have the themes. 
And I couldn't even write down all the themes. I just wrote down a, a few themes. Yeah, but it, it, the themes, it, for me, I ne- when he started going into some of these themes about like, oh, what about loneliness? And what about Indifference. AI? And, and, what, yeah, and I was just like, just don't care what you've got to say about yeah. this. Like, you have got to yeah. first convince me that yeah. this novel is worth reading. And then you can start interesting me in the thematic explorations. Or, yes. like, as I'm taking along with the novel, yeah. I know what the... like. Again, to bring it back to the to the the better octopus for science fiction we've mm. read recently, the the children of memory, which is I actually only gave two stars, yeah, um, because I disliked most of that book. But there, it's so great that when you're going, okay, if an octopus is in a virtual reality, yeah. what would they look like yeah. if they're trying to pass themselves off as human? And it's the, it's like one of the best parts of that book. Yeah is an octopus in a VR simulation kind of stuff passing himself off as a human. And I'm going to give it away, but don't worry, because it's, it's kind of mentioned at the start. <laughs> but you you start, you know, why has he got eight, why has he got children? It's talking about, you know, Dave or whatever the octopus's name is. Yeah. And his children. I'm like, and his children. And then everywhere he goes, he's got eight kids that just go around with him and they've all got like minds of their own and all doing stuff. And I was like, oh, so when an octopus is in VR and he's mm. trying to pass himself off as a human, mm. he's nine people like mm, there's nine mm. actors there's like nine things personalities there. and these of. kids like they get into a fight with someone and they yeah. all like suddenly get knives out and they're like Rah! and he's like no 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 don't do that and they're all like no 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 don't. and you're like oh yeah an octopus does it. it's like it's like a family it's like one it's like a, a hu- like a, an adult who's yeah. like i'm in control but when you've got eight children you're not really in control no. and it's and i was like this is the best thing and i was like reading this going this is like the best science fiction thing ever and it's just and it's not even a part of that book and i'm like ah oh. oh, that ex- that tells me so much more about neuroscience yes. and yes. and how things work yeah. and then and when i was reading that it kind of made me think oh what are all these other facts about brains you know mm. you, you know dinosaurs the stegosaurus has got a the brain is as, as small as a walnut mm. at the front but then it's got another brain on its hips mm. like down or where it is and that's controlling its back legs mm. and its tail or mm. whatever so the, the 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 stegosaurus front brain head brain is sort of like where am i looking oh i'm going here <laughs> but then all of its actual body is being controlled by this other brain down there and i'm yeah. like what would a stegosaurus in vr yes. Yes. pretending to like trying to pass himself as a human what would they be and then i was like oh but that would be like the you know the 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 the, the what was it the Mad Max villain where it's sort of like a guy there's like the big guy and then a small person like trying to control the bit and I was like what what and it, yes. and that kind of imagery or that kind of like thought experiment or that kind of thing that you can just throw in there yeah. and then it plays off sort of like well how do all these people treat the person they're like well all these kids are gonna oh they're annoying you know yeah. and like he's annoying to, he's an annoying person to deal with because it, well, he's an octopus trying to pre- yeah. present himself as a human yeah. in a VR simulation and and I think <clears throat> I think this is this is now where we're coming down to what makes a, a a person writing a book a great author is not that he writes then down oh and then and then this 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 book about um what's it like to be a bat no it is a person writing mm. us yeah how it is like to be a bat right yeah and this is not this is not no, it no. this is not this is a a conglomerate what did you say a conglomeration of stuff info, info dumping because um what it's he he puts up all these things that we know about we know that humans don't they do and corporations and then they uh, okay what okay i am i'm explaining one of the themes that yeah, he's yeah. going into 
where he shows this. So there's this big corporation in this book. Because of course. Because of course. And we also meet the person who set up this corporation in the beginning, right? Right, this, yes. This person is described, oh, it's, she's a genius and she's so genius and she's a very big yeah. genius and even bigger and more genius. And so she sets up this corporation, but she she she's only interested in one thing. So then she outsources the business part of the company and all this kind of stuff. And then there's Isn't the... Isn't how people work? <laughs> yeah, come on. But anyway, this is how corporations work. If you give your corporation to, then you have a, a CFO and you have a, a CEO, yeah. and they and they are there to maximize the corporate uh, money pot, right? right? So they will do things that makes more money, and so they then buy other companies to engulf them and to you know then it's all about the subsidiaries yeah and here we come back to the octopus uh thing so you have this one mind in the front and then Uh, the subsidiaries they they buy this and they are this but they are not really connected to the to the to the oh shit yes the boat Yes. Is owned by the... Yes, by ah, right. subs- I think they mentioned something like that exactly. on the on the Incomparable podcast, but yes. I didn't understand. Now you've explained yes. it to and me. And everything right? yeah, is the- connected to this company who... Has got tentacles everywhere. Who, who's got tentacles everywhere and who does... Like, in this book, we have this uh, uh, this, this island and the... the, the the corporation sets up this protection zone yeah. and then destroys everything that comes into the protection zone and it destroys its own thing because in the end, you know, it's yeah. all connected by the subsidiaries. Yeah, but I wasn't quite sure about the, the timeline there because there's some boats turn up and people yes. get shot and I was like, yeah. wait, is that now? And this, I was thinking, so is at the end of at the end of the, the book, is the hacker going to... No, ha- the hacker... No, the hacker I, okay, is... well, Forget the hacker, but the person on the ship, is yes. that the same ship that came in there? No. That, okay, but it's, that was, it's, that's it's, the kind of thing, it's just a different... But here's, here's the different... Here's the, the clumsy writing coming in. We haven't only got this one ship. Yeah. We have this scene happening... Yeah. And that is explaining what later is going to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everything is spoiled. This book spoils itself yeah. over and over There's, again. Yeah, people say, you can, uh, I've mentioned this before, that you can't have spoilers for the book in the book because yeah. that's intentional. But you can, but foreshadowing can yes. be so clumsy it's that very, there's nothing it's even so left to clumsy. spoil. Like, everything there's nothing, in this uh, book. There's foreshadowing everywhere. And everything is, is because, and you, when you mentioned this, this, this timeline that's out of order, and then... We're looking back at uh, history of what happened. Everything, every looking back, you know, we have authors who do this really well. Yeah. And I get frustrated with not synchronous timelines yeah. when I want to know, oh, what's happening now? And then we get interrupted. It, it, but this yeah. is the worst <laughs> way of doing non-synchronous timelines because... Every you mean non chronological chronological timeline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because every time he looks back at something, he's spoiling things that are going to yeah. happen. And in that the was the thing future. that I was confused about. I was sort of like, oh, is this is this like a time loop not a time loop thing, but is everything that's gonna happen on this other ship, is that leading up to something that's happened in chapter what is it, six or mm. what eight or something like that? So anyway, it's yeah, I totally get it. I totally get it. Anyway, so this is why I really tried to write this down because I wanted to have a visual representation of literal the octopusness of this book and it is everywhere and it's it's really a pity because 
there's lots of things to think about in this book. Yeah. But it is not interesting. So what I'm, I now I understand. That's what I'm saying. The excitement of me looking at this Adrian Tchaikovsky book about a, a, an octopus in a VR simulation yes. pretending to be human. And that kind of illustrates more about what it's like to be an octopus and more about what it's like to be a human. Yes. It, it, there are he's attempting to do that same kind of thing and saying corporations are like octopuses that yes. their parts of it are doing stuff which the other part you know doesn't, doesn't know understand about. and even is acting against the the idea of yeah, yeah. the head of the of the of the pinnacle of the the the, the you know yeah. the core of the that's company. a real pity that they it, he is trying to do something in there yeah. but I, I didn't even get to it because the rest of the stuff is so clunky yes so um, yeah, so I did read this book. You did finish it? I did finish it. I'm really surprised. Why didn't you tell me that it was garbage before I even started it? Well, because I thought, like, I, you know, sometimes you have to give a book more than 30%. No, to, no, 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 no. Uh, you know. not, not if I want to bail and just get my, like, I, it was literally to the point where I was, like, not dreading it, but, like, it was so dreary yeah and shit now if a book is shit but you're like you know some of those space romances that you're reading you're like it's shit but like people are kissing you know and i'm like great you know or whatever you know whatever it's gonna be what no was it a sexy space adventure or whatever sexy space space adventure sexy space opera whatever like it's okay to have a a book which actually isn't very good but like the writing is good enough that any individual chapter you're like great you know whatever um you know but when it's dreary and unfun and all of the first novel and again there's even the ones that I didn't even mention because I've mentioned them before you know like um, and and Again, my first novel has these things in it as yeah, well. Yeah, because you you don't know how to no, get no, all you the things. No, you do know, but y- they're shortcuts that a new author can use, which are good enough to get the book finished. Because if it's yeah. a first novel, yeah. the the biggest thing about like you not finishing it is is overthinking too much, and you're like, well, I'm just gonna make, do the shortcuts. It's like, okay, I don't have time to think too much about mm. the relationships with the parents or who what like this mm-hmm. person's off here, what the parents thinking. I'll just make them bum 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 an orphan, and in this. Book, yes. I was like, oh, so the main character's an orphan. Right, great. So we yeah. don't need to worry about what their parents are thinking yes. of them or what their expectations are, or that kind of stuff. And, and we like, can introduce trauma easily. Yeah. easily and it, that's fine. Dead. I mean, to be honest, yeah. in my first novel, I kind of had to do that because someone had to disappear for 20 years and not have anyone worrying about <laughs> yeah. them. And I was like, all right, only child and orphan. That's great. They can go off. And because yeah. the, the, there's some time travel stuff, they have to not affect history in any way. They yeah. can't change the, the timeline. The grandfather. Uh, yeah, they, they, like, thing. so removing, like, um, you know, Parrot. so. The grandfather paradox. Yeah, grandfather. It? Yeah. Well, it's not even just that, but it yeah. was more like if someone has to, and this was the real challenge about writing my novel, if, if someone has to live for 20 years mm. and not affect history at all, they've got to fake their own death and then live on a desert island and not have to, any, and then, but also them faking their own death doesn't affect anyone back home. Exactly. So it was like a solution to the the problem of like, yeah. well, this is, this is a short novel and I can't go into yeah. the police investigations about them disappearing or something yeah. like that. So anyway, all of that to say is this novel, again, it has even more first novel things that I haven't even mentioned. I've just brought that up as an extra one. I think if I would start writing a novel, if I would decide at some point, oh, I suddenly discover my love for written language, which will never happen. But if I would do, I would always look at how many themes am I conquering in this book. And less is not always better. Yeah. I wouldn't say that. But if you want to just write, take 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 one theme and write extensively about it. Everything that you want to write about yeah. this one thing. And no, make th- it so it's not like you are just writing down 
as in a scientific paper or even in a in a news article. Oh, I've read this. Oh, and then this. Ah, there's this yeah. as well. Oh, and he. Did you know that? Yeah. No, no, hey, that's not what have we want to know. The in the book. Hey, have you seen this video of this yeah. octopus doing this thing? I was like, ah, <laughs> oh, like it's not even. Yeah, that's like the author directly speaking to me saying, hey, uh, go on the internet and watch yeah, all these fun Yeah, it cute literally videos. was like that. And yeah. I was like, but the characters are doing it to themselves. So yeah. there's like three other levels to do that. Like the best thing is to just, just to, as the author described the octopus doing it. Yeah. The second one is have someone wanting to find something out about it going down and discovering the octopus. Yeah. The third thing is about show, like see, you know, someone else has done that and then that person is recounting it. And he does do that. Like one person does have an mm-hmm. interview. The th- next one is them not recounting counting it but just showing the video and somebody watching the video and then then you get that like fifth removed sixth removed which is a person talking to somebody else about having in the past watched a video about somebody else discovering something about some creature doing a thing for reasons we don't know and i'm like we're six layers removed and then i'm reading it as the, as as the uh, as the as the person reading it, and yeah. now I'm talking to you, like I'm, yeah. I'm sort of like this book re- relies on seven layers of like bad story uh, understanding of storytelling yeah. to get to what's actually going on, and which is which could have just been tell the story in real time, not yeah. of an interview of somebody talking about what's happened in the past. Just show an octopus running across a beach yeah. and stabbing some, stabbing a guy and, and then yet, going into the water. I'm like, that's an amazing scene. It yes, could have been that. Yes, and unfortunately, these things do happen, but they happen in one sentence yeah, or in one paragraph. Yeah. And then we have like these main three characters who ha- are hanging out on this island and then yeah. stuff happens and we... we and it goes so fast that I yeah. had to go back and read it again to the yeah. wait. Did did this just happen? Was there a major plot well, advancement then, here? Yeah, three. Like it, it, I can remember at least three big scenes where that you could write like so many important things about yeah. what you actually want to write in this yeah. book. And it goes via action. Yeah. Via action, what yeah. happens? They they meet. They they have interactions with the octopuses. Yes, the the main character oh. has an a, an intimate interaction with one of the octopuses yeah and it's described from a third like it's described somebody view? else watching them have that interaction yes <laughs> and it's like oh and oh and i just had this and then if we look back and then she says oh and i had this intimate and this octopus really knew me Thank you for telling How? me. Thank you for telling what? me with exposit- expository dialogue that you've had an emotional reaction. Oh, this this book. The okay. more I think about it, it's more frustrating. But it 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 really like I think we need to introduce a new a new uh, a new way of talking about a book. This is this is literally the octopus phenomenon phenomenon. No, don't don't tarnish of- <laughs> octopuses with the, this book. That's anyway. what I'm saying. Like I'm saying, like all I'm doing when I'm thinking about this is like how I want to see other science fiction about octopuses, but better. If you know yes. what I mean. Yes. Because in the end, this wasn't the octopuses or what I read at the start was like thirty yeah, percent was the it's octopus not stuff. Even so much there. It, the it's rest of it was just... just cyberpunk. Yes. Um, so what I was trying to say about my reading, listening experience yeah. was that it was dreary and I would start listening and immediately my mind would be wandering and I'd be falling asleep. So I listened to the Incomparable podcast about yeah. this. Five people on the podcast yeah. and they all they only read two books and they were giving their opinions about these two books. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they get to the end of this, uh, the, talking about this book. 
Well, not to the end. One person says, oh, best octopus book. And one of them really liked it. How? Jason Jason liked it. Okay. Can't remember who the other one. Uh, Scott maybe liked it. And then I was like, Eileen and Erica have my back. That's the notes that I put down here. Because three out, three out of the five really loved it. And two of them were like... If I wasn't reading this for this podcast, because we they talk about all the Nebula and Hugo Award winning uh, nominated, nominated books, yeah. and they're like, I would have stopped listening thirty percent of the way through. And I'm like, I'm really glad that this yeah. morning I stopped listening to this book and told Julia, yeah. I'm not going to do it. I posted on Goodreads that it's garbage and I'm not enjoying it. Yeah. And I asked for my audible credit back. Yeah. And then Eileen and Erica, I can't remember what they said, but one of them said, it, the book was just talking at me like being in a lecture hall with five hundred other students. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Which is really good. Yes. And one I of them said, agree. again, I can't remember if it was Eileen or Erica because it was like a week ago that I listened to this podcast. Um, but they said, I was listening to this in the car and it kept sending my partner to sleep there on a drive somewhere <laughs> and they put it on and it said sent my partner to sleep in the car and they said I, can we stop listening to this because it keeps sending me to sleep so it i was like great like it's not me yeah. who's having it's not only me who's having this bad experience yeah. i honestly don't know how well I was going to say, I don't know how it becomes nominated for a Nebula Award. I do know exactly how it becomes nominated for a Nebula Award. Yes, because I can you saw his see. bibliography. This guy is well published as a short story author. Yeah. And this is his first thing that he can get ne- nominated for a Nebula. Mm. And he's got lots of not lots of friends. He's, you know, he's obviously in the circles. Mm. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if he, has, he hasn't been to all these writing workshops, the uh, Clarion workshops, whatever they're called, where you get friends with people. And then because the Nebula is a, it's a, 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 the science fiction writers of North mm. America or the North American Science Fiction and Fantasy Writers Association or whatever it is, yeah. votes in it. So it's it's other authors patting each other on the back and yeah, liking and each other. That, so definitely that book. Yeah, uh, and that's what this that's what this book feels like. Yes. You know, the, the, that's the, how you do it. You write. You you have hundred short stories published or however mm. many. You know, it's, it's like you know seven or eight years of just short stories published in all these um, science fiction magazines and your names listed along all these other authors and then you get to publish your novel and everyone's like, oh yeah, Ray Naylor. Mm. This this will be good. Like this book is blurbed by. Um, oh, actually, I think I might have closed it. Oh yeah, I closed it. So let me have a, a recent recently closed. Here we go. Uh, it, it, what what was this blurb? It was uh, like a really good author who knows what they're doing about this. Oh, it's not the pages. Oh yeah. So um, David Mitchell, author of Cloud Atlas, said, "I love this brain's uh, this novel's brain and heart. It's hidden traps. It's sheer propulsion. Inge- in- ingenuous." Wo- uh, ingenuous world building and the purity of its commitment to luminous ideas and i'm like how does this book get in front of david mitchell like are they published by the same person like is it like a yeah, contractual obligation same, by david mitchell same to read or something like a garbage someone's garbage first novel yeah. and then give it that yeah. it's positively reviewed in the new york times the new yorker the guardian publishes weekly so whoever's published this has done a really good job of getting out in front of people because it's garbage yes. but lots of people loved it and that's the thing that's what i don't understand it's like how can someone read this book and go yeah this is really great science fiction this is touching this is well crafted no. five stars I'm, no. i don't understand no i don't understand either and and i read through this whole thing yeah and i want to say i i read another uh, review on fourcolumns.org by Anya Shremsky and this is a very nicely written uh, review and yeah. if I would be good at writing 
I hope I would be able to write something like this because it's it's really it's really we're podcasters. We don't have to think that hard we, about we don't what have we do. To, yeah, exactly. We don't have to edit <laughs> and yes. condense down to five hundred words. What does, what does she say? Uh, lots of things. Also, um, she's this uh, comparing it to a book by uh, China Mieville. China Mieville, Embassy yeah. Town. Yep, I've not read it, but. Um, Naylor spends a lot of time having his characters discuss symbolic language which the octopuses have developed. One sign they have evolved into something that could possibly compete with the human. This reminded me of the 2011 novel Embassy Town by Chanya Mierville, who stunningly conjures the heartbreak of aliens dealing in figurative language, splitting the world symbol from its real life physical reference for the first time. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's the intricate lace work of feeling Mieville manages to elaborate that I was missing from Naylor's book, which ends ah, with right. a tidy moral lesson. Indifference towards others is the greatest sin. Life only has meaning in our interconnectedness. Humans, plants, animals. And what yeah, I would it's have just liked, a book that makes you think of other better science yes, fiction. What I would have liked to have known through Naylor's imagination is... To fa- paraphrase Nagel's question, which is the question about what... Paraphrase. Paraphrase uh, yeah. Nagel's questions. What is it like to be the octopus? Would it, too, suffer such a brutal existent- existential rupture when it began developing symbolic communication? And also do, what is it like to be Ha, Evrim, Rustem? I wish this book more emphatically tried to construct not just the futuristic world in which they live, but their inner world. Yeah, there's nothing... We didn't get any... There's literally nothing about the inside world of these people. Yes. The only thing that happens inside them is them, like, feeling sorry for themselves. Yes. And then... I was just like, oh, this is going to... And that's why I don't... Again, I don't like about cyberpunk novels mm. is that often because people are so indifferent about suffering of others and all this other kind of stuff, they 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 have no empathy. So I can't mm. have empathy with them. And then by the end of the book, often it's sort of like, well, you screwed, screwed over the corporation. And I'm like, just don't care because it's a fake corporation in a fake yeah. world. Yeah. And if the book is about going up against fake corporations in fake worlds and the characters don't change, don't care at all. Yeah. Anyway, let's quickly wrap it up. Yes. Let's finish this before an hours out yes. uh, re- uh f- friends and following again goodreads has removed the thing where i can see the average rating of my friends and followers yeah but 35 uh, reviews or mentions here as well um margaret rated it four stars Lindsay rated it five stars mm-hmm. Mikel Codoni rated it four stars. Tom, four stars. Zivan rated it three stars he says all the elements are there but the writing feels clunky yes um, I love the chapters that begin with a quote, especially when the quote comes from a fictional book within the novel's universe. I wish they were more di- there were more diverse sources, you know. <laughs> and Dave rated it three stars. Good, but not enough octopuses. Mm, I was recommended this book on the strength of intelligent octopus with the glyph language, which sounded really cool. It does have those things, but it's not really about those things. It's about humanity's senseless greed ruining and everything. All the cool tech, android octopus stuff is just set dressing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know what you were saying before about like the, all the politics that you find. It's like, well, how did Tibet gain independence? Like, it doesn't matter because it's just... It happened. It's just, you know, it's sort of like that techno babble stuff that you just throw in to make it sound science fiction-y. Yeah. This is just stuff that you throw in to make it sound like futuristically. Yes. And something happened in politics and... That's it now. It's really nice set dressing, but ultimately it wasn't what I was sold. Don't get me wrong. This is a really good book, but I dinged it a star for the misleading label. And then a few other people are giving it four and three stars. And, and then 17 people have it as want to read. Mm. Um, and Doc is currently reading it. So I'm going to rate this book. 
because we've only got a minute left of yeah. the rating. I'm going to rate this book one star. Me too. Wow. Okay. I'm going to rate it zero point. Nah, let's just give it one star because yeah. you did finish it. I did. One fin- of us finished it. So yes. that's kind of like the baseline level of, of giving a book one star instead of 0.5 stars. Yes. Unless I finish it and I really want to rant about it. But yeah. Uh, hopefully I'm not going to read other people's novels. The next episode we're going to do is called... Hopefully you're not going to read other people's novels. Uh, first novels is what I meant to say. Oh. <laughs> I don't want to read anybody else's first novel unless it's like amazing. But then I was told that this book was amazing as well. Mm. Um, but Eileen and Erica have my back. Next book that we're going to review is A Practical Guide to Conquering the World, The Siege Book 3 by KJ Parker. I've already finished that. We okay. could do the review in five minutes because I don't have anything to say about it. <laughs> Um, so that's is it, it for... science fiction? Well, no, that's why. But I, <laughs> but I reviewed the first two books, and this is the third book in the trilogy, the last book in the trilogy, so right. I want to get to it. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.